Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Uh, there it is, the leading music from the Southern River Band for the Shelter Sportcast, coming to you from the Back Chat Studios. Boy, hasn't this place been rocking this week? There's been some stories coming out of here. We're just uh, happy just to be in one piece with Will Schofield just uh, uh, putting out some bushfires in the distance. Uh, great to have your company. Of course, Mondays and Thursdays and Fridays, we mix it up a bit. Preview, review, what's happening in sport. Uh, socials at Shelter Footycast or Sportcast, as, as we're talking about at the moment. Footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. YouTube, Backchat, uh, Shelter Footycast, Playlist, you name it, we've got it. And, of course, Shelter, born and brewed in Bustleton, WA. If you're heading down south, that is a place to head to. Mark Reddings. Uh, sitting alongside Chris Coyne. Now, some of us are engaged in the World Cup. Uh, you actually are dressing like you're coaching tonight over there in uh, Qatar. <laughs> good on you, Coyne. Great to have you here. G'day, mate. Uh, yeah, straight off the paddock and straight on the podcast. So, um, good session this morning with the boys and um, lack of sleep, mate. I've been just living on Red Bulls and Vs at the moment. And watching plenty of World Cup action. Uh, fantastic. We've got a bit to get through, including some of the big moments of the World Cup thus far. We might also talk about that uh, yeah, very interesting interview that's making a few headlines, even in the UK, with uh, Scoey and JL. But first of all, the World Cup. Uh, where do we start? Is Saudi Arabia the biggest upset win at the World Cup in your time? Argentina, of course. I think that one well, hadn't been beaten 36 matches in a row. Top five ranked nation. And Saudi Arabia, that last 15 minutes and about 15 minutes of extra time, it was fascinating. Oh, it was a great game. But um, credit where credit's due, you know, we, we knew the Saudis were good and a few of the boys that I actually know quite well played over in Saudi. So Andy Keogh and, and Reese Williams played over there and they they said to us the week before, be careful of these guys because they are, you know, they're fit, they're strong, they're physical and um, great game. It reminded me as a kid growing up watching Argentina, Cameroon. Um, Roger Miller scored the winner I think it was at 39 years old but that, that's probably the biggest upset um, that I've seen or can re- recollect since that 1990 World Cup Yeah, so Argentina they're not done and dusted but they've got to win their next two don't they? Yeah, they have to and the, and the funny thing is they got beaten up so the, the Saudis just got right into them they, they just had a real crack at them and um, usually the Argentinians and those like I said the other day they, they'll kick their own mothers if they have to to win a game and, and the Saudis out Argentina to Argentina so Good on them. It, it was good to see because obviously Qatar got off to a bad start. The Iranians got thumped. So it was good to see a Middle Eastern team with such a large fan base over there 
doing well against a, an absolute giant of the game and, and obviously one of the favourites for the World Cup, as we discussed the other day. The Socceroos, uh, nine minutes in, we thought this is just turning into a beautiful uh, <laughs> uh, script with a good one finding the back of the net, the top of the net with a, a lovely finish, beaten 4-1. Now, no surprise to defeat and you can tell us, put it in perspective, France, France, the world champions, the defending champions, lots of players missing, and we're a team that doesn't have a lot of star factor. Where, how do you reflect on that defeat, and how do we bounce back for Saturday night? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, that just shows you where football in Australia is at the moment. Um, no AIS, no infrastructure. You know, the, the FA are really at a rebuilding process, and we're now seeing for bad structure and bad pathways, these players are miles off what they were in 2006 when they went there. They're miles away from the 2010 group. And it's not their fault because they are the best of what we've got. Um, But unfortunately, um, it could have been 10 the other night. It really could have been. You know, there was Mbappe going over early. They they had plenty of chances where they, they could have won the game. So... few few positives. I thought Aaron Moy, I thought Jackson Irvine done really, really well. Um, but the young defence, I mean, Nathaniel Atkinson's probably in counselling now after that performance <laughs> with Mbappe. He, he could have retired the kid. But, um, you know, it, it, good learning curve, very, very steep learning curve. But like I said the other day, it's a good one to get out of the way. You, you know that to get points against France is going to be really difficult. So now they can park that. They would have probably had that in the back of the mind. Looking at Arnie's substitutions as well, I think he might have had that in the back of his mind putting Cummings on instead of putting um, the top scorer, Jamie McLaren, in there. I, ke- I think he kept Jamie McLaren fresh for um, the, the next game. Um, so, yeah, it's do or die against two tough teams, but it's the, they're the best teams in the world, so they're all, all going to be tough games. Uh, one of the social issues, which I'm not sure if you've got a, a point of view on it, but the LGBT uh, issue, where we know that Harry Kane was going to wear uh, the armband, didn't. Uh, uh, some teams have actually made a, a point. I think it was a photo with a, a few of the, the players essentially sending a message about what they think of the the situation in Qatar. It's a tough one for players because you're there to, to play football, but also you understand that there's so many eyeballs there that you can make a difference. A hundred percent. At the end of the day, they are, they are athletes, but they are human beings at the same time. So they're allowed to have their own opinions. They're allowed to feel strongly about something. And I think to take a blanket approach and just say, uh, uh, not happening. I don't think it's right for me. And that's one of the whole reasons that I think people aren't supporting this World Cup as highly because, you know, we've got the migrant population that came in and worked and all the deaths that they that, 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 that occurred there. Um, you've got the fact that they've turned around 160 million US sponsorship or whatever it is through Budweiser. And at the last minute, they've said no. Um, I, I read something the other day. There was a, a punter walking into the ground. He had a, you know, a moniker of that sort of, um, I think yeah. it was a grey pride, pride flag or whatever. And then he had to get changed before he went in. And, and that to me is not right. That's not what sport's about. Sport's about inclusivity. It's about bringing people together, bringing nations together. And I think they're being very dictatorial in the way that they're, they're conducting themselves, Qatar. And I, I, me personally, I just don't think it's right. Last part of the moment of the round. Can't let it go because uh, the Scoey JL interview. In fact, Scoey's upstairs now speaking to uh, CNN, uh, NBC, BBC, any worldwide organisation. He's just he's gone to another level. He's just given this uh, <laughs> this sportcast the absolute uh, flick and decided he's got bigger fish to fry. Uh, a bit happening though in that space. And you're a, a coach, assistant coach at the Glory and. Uh, you know that at times it's going to be an awkward space. Uh, you've had a bit of a listen to the JL chat. Yeah, I have. There's been some I've, heat around it. Yeah, big time. I mean, I'm a bit of a cricket nuffy, mate. I, lo- I love me cricket. So obviously listening to that yesterday and I was like, 
driving into training this morning, blown away by, you know, every channel was just JL this, JL that. And you're not going to like, I mean, I was just saying to Scoey before when he walked upstairs with that fire hydrant. <laughs> and um, We've all played with coaches that they either walk away and go, do you know what, he was shit, don't like him. It's, it's just the nature of the beast. You're yep. always going to get a clash. And I think the most disappointing thing is generally as an athlete, you just got to roll your sleeves up and crack on because the coach is right. But when he then leaves, it's like, jeez, oh, thank God for that. But I think in the same breath, um, I think Justin Langer's within his rights to come out and actually voice his opinion. You know, at the end of the day, all we've heard, because I think Cricket Australia handled it, I thought it was a disaster. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but in my opinion, it was an absolute shambles. And for me, he's kept Storm the whole time and not said a word. So I think it was it was... You know, it's fair play to him. I think he's more than entitled to have his say on, on an opinion that everyone else seemed to have an opinion on, apart from the guy that was in, involved in it. But then, the players will have a different opinion. His coaching staff might have a different opinion. So, you know, we can always look at it through one set of eyes. But there's always plenty more that will that'll see it differently. But yeah, yeah inside the bubble, it's hundred uh, percent. Unless you're in there, it's hard to gauge who's in the right, who's in the wrong. Bottom line is, uh, tell you what, uh, Channel Seven, JL next week at uh, Optus Stadium. With the West Indies there, Cricket Australia, oh, it's a nice recipe for uh, plenty of discussion. And, of course, JL um, has said his piece, but now there's uh, the after effects coming off the back of that. You're listening to the Shelter Sportcast coming to you from the Backchat Studios. Right, well, let's trip into some of the World Cup action uh, on this, uh, I guess, two days before Australia finds out its fate at the World Cup against Tunisia. But England against Iran... And that was an absolute showpiece by the English. I mean, you think of, of Kane and, and Sterling back to a bit of form. Rashford, they've got the ingredients, albeit Iran, not uh, the toughest opponents. First time these countries have met at a World Cup. Yeah, good going forward, England, but at the back, they're a shambles. Harry really? Maguire was really bad. Um, I think they'll get found out. The big thing that I took from that game, well, there was two things, actually. One I want to whinge about because I hate it anyway, which is the VAR. I think there's no consistency in that system. There's no science to it. You've got Harry Maguire getting ripped down, rugby tackled in the first three minutes of the game. And in the last couple of minutes of the game, the same thing happens in the opposite box and it's a penalty for exactly the same incident. And I just don't like the consistency. We're seeing penalties given for one thing and then not for the next. If it's a free kick on the halfway line, it's a penalty. Just pay it. And then they're stopping the game for three minutes to go through it and all the rest of it. So it's complete complete and utter crap to me. But anyway, rant over. The young boy, Jude Bellingham, what a player. He's going to be the next Steven Gerrard, the next top, top player coming out of that country. And, you know, Saka was good. Um, Sterling, obviously, was was good. There was some great finishes, but the, the boy was ridiculous. He um, He's going to take it to another level, and he'll be a world superstar. Wow, big call. Uh, Chris Coyne uh, looking at that England side. Bit shaky in defence, but they've got some quality up front, which will take them, well, into the next game against the USA. Uh, Iran go and take on Wales, and Wales had an um, interesting battle as well in their encounter. Uh, th- Tuesday night, of course, the Netherlands and Senegal. Netherlands had to leave it until late to get the job done against Senegal. 2-0, but uh, that score on probably flatters the way the match went. Yeah, it did fl- flatter the Senegalese. They're, they're a good outfit. They're, you know, they're one of those emerging... We've seen Ivory Coast or Cote d'Ivoire, whatever they call them when they go to, go to the World Cup. They're not surprise packages anymore, the African teams. Um, so, yes, that it flattered them a bit, but they they done well and the, and the Dutch were quite um, methodical in the way they went about their business. But, um, you know, I, I think Senegal are a, are a decent team and, you know, they've got 
goal scorers all over the pitch, which I think they'll be a threat moving forward. The Netherlands currently sit on equal top of their group, but they'll need to improve, of course, against Ecuador uh, coming up in the next few days. Senegal, by the way, and Qatar face each other. Uh, that match might even be tonight or certainly the next day or so. I think it's a, the day after, yeah. Yeah, so that's a huge game for Qatar after being very poor in the opener. Uh, the USA and Wales, one all draw. Um, which... T- team takes greater heart from that uh, result. Is it Wales? Wales, 100% Wales. I think the Yanks will give the... the I think they'll give England a, a torrid time on Friday night, I think it is. I think they'll give them a real torrid time. Um, they've got pace up top, young boy up top. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's rapid. He should be an Olympic sprinter, not a, not a footballer. So I think with John Stones and if he plays Maguire again, um, I think the USA could cause an upset in that game or at least get something out of it. Yeah, Gareth Bale, of course, scored in the 82nd minute from a penalty. He, of course, is, is the quality in the, in the Welsh side. So uh, they've got that there. USA have only won three of their last 11 opening World Cup matches. So again, they were held to a draw, but um, you, you saw enough in them to suggest they could be competitive moving forward. Can they get through to the next stage? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the way Wales set up was to be really defensive and try and counter-attack. And it's some, that's the hardest thing in football to do, to break down those blocks like we saw in other games. So... Um, I think they'll go through comfortably, the US, and I actually think they might get a result against the, the Poms in, um, in the Friday night game. Oh, interesting result uh, and discussion there. By the way, that's the first time Wales have gone without a win in six consecutive matches since May 2011 when they uh, picked up six defeats in a row, but Wales are still alive as we speak. Saudi Arabia, we've touched on this, the 2-1 win. A huge upset. Uh, I think they were about $1.10 or something stupid on, uh, on Tab Touch when I had a look. The Argentinians, are they too old? No, I don't think they're too old. I, I just think the way the – I think you've got to give um, all the credit to the Saudis. I think the way that they set up, um, I think to win games like that, you've got to win all the individual battles over the pitch, and that's exactly what they did. They were disciplined. They kicked the living daylights out of the Argentinians and didn't I give did. them any time on the ball. And you could just see like a brotherhood and a camaraderie to, for each other that they were prepared to fight to the death for each other. And it was um, – it was good. You know, I think that Argentina second favourites in the tournament and um, they're going to have to pull their socks up if they're, if they're going to progress in this, in this group because I think the Saudis were, were excellent the other night. Lionel Messi scores in the 10th minute. We know he's a superstar. We know he's a legend. Is, are there a few question marks still about him in the World Cup? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because when you're talking about a Maradona or you're talking about a Pelé or you're talking... They've got all the stats on the board. They've ticked all the boxes, whether it was a European Cup night or whether it was a, a World Cup final. Messi hasn't quite finally ticked that box for me. I mean, there's no taking away. He's, he's one of the best you know, that's ever played the game. But it, for some reason, I don't know whether it's because he carries the burden of expectation from the whole country on his shoulders or whether he puts that pressure on himself or whether just because opposition identify and know the threat that he is that they then just take the ball off him so yeah he was a bit disappointing the other night but again the way that the Saudis mustered him and, and just got around him they, they didn't give him a second on the ball to, to create his magic what about the, the Saudi keeper didn't have some work there in the last uh, <laughs> oh, 20 minutes and it was Alec Ferguson time wasn't it it was Alex Ferguson uh, with what 13 minutes of of um, added time. I know there were some injuries, etc. And didn't the Saudis put some mayonnaise on oh, that? Any injury, any fall, any cramp. What is going on with your sport, Coiny? Uh, tell me, mate, it does my head in. <laughs> I wanted to throw me slipper at the um, at the telly. It was... They done it. Do you remember the Australians when they played the Australians not, not so long ago? Same thing happened. And it just... 
it doesn't make for a good spectacle. And I think that's the next part of the game that FIFA have to clamp down on because it's getting too cynical now. And there's game management and there's being a good pro and understanding the situation. Um, but when it's to the detriment of, you know, at the end of the day, they're entertainers. They're there to entertain. Um, and the, all that downtime, I think there was 20-something minutes in added time over the two halves, wasn't yeah. there? It was, it was crazy. It was way past my bedtime. Yeah, it was. But an amazing result. I sat there and watched yeah, it. it actually, good. we were watching a, a show on Channel 9 about a mum and a dad uh, dating each other. I said to my daughters, can we just watch the end of the world? <laughs> <laughs> ah. I actually got my missus to watch the game because she actually got into it as well. But she has to go into the uh, other room when she wants to watch that crap. Well, I have to go in the other room to watch uh, my sport anyway. We need to talk about the Power, uh, power Rangers I've got, setup. I've got three boys, mate. So. I've got two girls, so I'm cool. <laughs> uh, by the way, is. that's extraordinary. They scored the first goal, Argentina, but the first time they have scored a goal and been beaten in the World Cup since, I think, 1958. So that is uh, a massive result. Uh, so many records broken, but uh, well done to the Saudis. We're sort of uh, not sure I was barracking for them at the start of this, but uh, always good to see a minnow get through. Uh, we know that uh, Denmark drew nil all with Tunisia. Now, we can go through the ramifications of, of the actual match, but great for us. Good result for the Socceroos, albeit we're sort of we've got our fingernails on the cliff. But that's that's what we wanted. That's exactly what we wanted because it means that these two, like I said, we've got that one out of the way. So now that they've dropped points there to each other, it means that if they do lose against um, France, that destiny, our destiny, is in our own hands. So that was a perfect result for us. Yeah. So Tunisia, obviously, look. Well, they're still favourites, slight favourites against the Socceroos. And, and it's fair to say that we're, you know, if you're looking at, at, at exposed form, that we're probably deserved to be outsiders in, mo- in all of our games in our group. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought the Tunisia were pretty good. I, I didn't think much of Denmark. I think they they started slow um, in the game. They didn't really set a tempo and it allowed the Tunisians to grow into the game. But, um, yeah, I th- I'd, I'd put Tunisia as favourites to beat us. But that's great. We're always good as, as underdogs. Yeah. well, We love that fight. We do, but look, you know, the result was Wednesday night our time, Wednesday morning our time. As a coach, what will Graham Arnold be doing to, to try and keep the, the vibe up? And, and I think in their heart of hearts, they, they, but getting a result against France was going to be difficult. So pretty easy to bounce back and go, OK, the other two nations drew nil all. There's a, a decent optimism level, do you, do you think, in the squad Yeah, I think so. I think, listen, you'd always review the game. Um, but I don't think he would have dwelt on it because he's, he's into that positive mind. He's like he works with Mike Conway, who the, the guy that set the wiggles up. So he's into all that positive, 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 positive. So he would have literally <laughs> Hang grabbed on. it. Can you just repeat what you just said then, Corny? Because I just need to. I know we've got the grey wiggle who's grey wiggle. Yeah, got Andrew Redmayne playing for us. But who's who's related? So to he's, Mike Conway's a mind coach. Yeah, and Graham Arnold's worked with him um, oh, since he was. I think it might have been Central Coast. So he's had a long-standing relationship with him and it's one of them where he's, he's really into the, you know, how's your day? Oh, shit. Why is it shit? You know, everything should be good. Everything's upbeat. And then if you've got a positive mindset, you get positive outcomes. So, so what's the relationship with the, the Wiggles again? I think he was one of the co-founders or he was something along those lines. So, Well, um, another exclusive here on, uh, <laughs> in the Back Chat studio. He's part of his staff. He's over there, I think, wow. with, the, with the group. So, yeah, so... Going back to that, I reckon they would have just parked it. They yeah. would have reviewed it, parked it, and said, don't worry about it. And then on to the next one. And I think straight away, he would have just gone straight on to the next game and said, you know, don't worry about that one. You can't change the past. Wow. The Wiggles World Cup mind games for the 100%. Socceroos. I can see the headline right across the Herald Sun in Melbourne. That's a good get from Chris Coyne. Who thought that Scoey was the newsbreaker here? Um, Mexico and Poland 
Drew, Neil All, not sure if you saw this, but boring. Neil All, a boring move Board on. Draw. Let's, 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 let's push on, uh, Dan. And uh, we mentioned that the 4-1 result to France. Um, now, just quickly, how many of those injured players, I mean, have they got anyone... Not to my Waiting knowledge, but we're talking about world-class players as well that yeah. they've still got to come in. Um, so I think if they do come into that French squad, having looked at what, how good they were the other night without them, I reckon France could be um, could be there or thereabouts because they come from that easier side of the draw as well. So um, they were just cohesive. They were quick. I mean, Mbappe was like, mm. oh my God, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. So once you start chucking in your your Kantes and people like that that are going to make a real difference and and, st- and steady the pitch up, you know, easy for me to say. <laughs> um, they, I think they'll be a real threat. They'll be a real threat because no, I don't care what sport it is. No one likes playing against pace. No. Whether it's cricket and you're facing a quick bowler, whether it's AFL and you've got someone that's a machine, it's the same in in our code. You know, you just don't like playing against pace. It's intimidating, isn't it? Uh, Morocco and Croatia. Dare I say it? Neil, was this as boring as the no, other? No, it was actually a good game. It's funny how you can say that after a nil-nil draw in a, in a footy game. But, um, no, nah, Croatia, you know, tried to get the ball down and break them down. They've got some great players, Croatia. Mm. Um, and credit to the Moroccans. Again, I said about that Middle Eastern, that sort of – they've got that French sort of flair mm. along with that African toughness. So, um, Morocco were actually good value. It was, a, it was a decent game. One of the big results, Japan defeating Germany 2-1. Uh, the Germans tend to – Possessed the football quite a lot, which they did in the first half, dominating. But this is a big upset. Uh, we, you, you actually pointed out that Japan could trouble the Germans, and that's how it paved that, uh, how it turned out to be 2 1. Yeah, I hope, I hope a few of you got on it, to be honest. You would have got a decent price. But yeah, it's just the Japanese are a funny side because now that more of their players are getting European exposure, they're actually getting used to the physicality of football. So before it was just go and beat them up and, you know, we'll get on with it when now they're actually able to compete with that physicality and because they're technically gifted and they're sharp and, and agile, they play a really high-octane brand of football. So I knew it was going to cause the Germans some issues, which it, which it proved to do. Uh, what about uh, overnight Spain? Just uh, the lazy seven against Costa Rica. And they had a glass of sangria in their hand as well while they were doing <laughs> it. It was absolute cigar time for them. They were just another level. And I felt sorry for Costa Rica in the end. It was just one of them. You couldn't wait for the final whistle to go for, to go for them because they were just deflated at the end. Uh, does that mean... I mean- Given the opposition, do we look too much into what Spain produced, or is that? But obviously, in advancing, you, you basically they're one foot through the door now, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. And they they could do that to anyone on their day. If you catch Spain on an off day, and like I said about the Saudis before about winning your individual battles, if Spain do that to teams, they could they could do it to some of the big European clubs as well. They are that good on their day. Belgium, Canada, my team from uh, of course uh, North America, uh, beaten one nil. Belgium. He's a decent decent team, so that's not a huge surprise. No, not a surprise, but kudos to Canada. I thought they were good value. Mm. And um, I know they've spent a lot of time and a lot of effort and money in their youth development and getting all their structures right. So um, that that's no disgrace at all, losing to, to Belgium, because they're, they're a top-class team. Okay, let's have a look at some of the upcoming games. Uh, of course, all building towards uh, a huge weekend. And if you haven't been able to get a lot of sleep, then it's not going to get much better over the next few days. Switzerland, Cameroon, 6 p.m. Uh, Thursday. That's tonight our time. Switzerland, start favourites. Who are you selecting? Switzerland, definitely. Good football team. Very good football team. Okay. Uh, Uruguay and South Korea, that's at 9pm with Uruguay. Uh, probably a 54% probability according to the stats. They've won, <laughs> which of course Dan put on the screen for me. Are, uh, you, are you lying on this or are you actually, are it's you all, sure? No, it's all fair. <laughs> I reckon you might be pulling your leg. Yeah, I'm, I'm going draw. 
Okay. I think the South Koreans are a decent outfit, so okay. I think they'll cause Uruguay some troubles. The Uruguay's <laughs> won six of their last eight World Cup matches, so that's a that's a reasonable result. And so we've talked about them. And we before. said Asian squad. You mentioned about the Asian Argentina squad. Uruguay are at that same same type scenario. So I think against the good aged Korean side, I think they'll cause them some problems. Yep. So you I think it might be well Uruguay probably. And uh, South Korea, you think, might be pretty tight. A draw is what you're selecting there, Corny. We're just going to yep. go through these games. Portugal and Ghana. Portugal. Quite simply. Uh, given Put Ronaldo on the bench. Well, saying that, he's playing for his livelihood now, isn't he? So well, well, he's been released officially by Man United. Thing that could have happened. And they don't have to pay him out anything because there was talk of breach of contract. So where will he end up in brief? I'm not sure, you know. like People are talking about going to the USA or this, that or the other, but... It's hard to say. He's ticked every other box. The only league he had, top league he hasn't played in, I think, is the Bundesliga. But I don't know if that would sort of suit him at, at that age. So it might be with David Beckham potentially over in Miami or wherever he is at Miami United. He's he's got there. You but, couldn't. Um, it's you, hard to say. Yeah, you couldn't get a spot for Fornaroli in your team here at the Glory. But Ronaldo would walk in. Is that fair to say? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, might so. he might do. He might do. I think the chairman <laughs> would drop him at training every day as well. To be honest. Oh, imagine Sagey. He'd have just, a helicopter. Oh. Go, Come on, Cristiano, jump in, lad. Let's go. He'd love it, wouldn't he? Uh, oh, good yeah. on you, Sagey. Well played, brother. Uh, so Portugal to get the result. Brazil and Serbia. Now we know Brazil. The, the history says they uh, they'll be going deep into this tournament. Yeah, on paper. On paper, you'd say Brazil 100%, but the Serbians are, are technically a very, very good team as well. Very tough, um, really durable, and all their players are playing at, at the top level. So if I had to have a punt, I'd probably go with Brazil, but I think the Serbians will give them a good fight for yeah, it. Well, I won't see it because it's 3 a.m. WA time, and I ain't getting up for that one. I'll <laughs> give you the big it. tip, Corny. Uh, Wales and Iran, 6 p.m. WA time. A nice little they window could, there. They could do swap, swap in the games over. Could for they? us, they anyway. Brazil one, oh, and then, I'm sure they give, Wales a, Iran. they give a rats about Perth and uh, the time zone that affects us. I think it'll be Welsh people and Iranians that probably watch that game because I don't see it being a classic. Okay. But I think Gareth Bale... Um, will be the man, and I think Wales will probably get across the line there. Yeah, I'll be barracking for Wales in that one. Uh, now, this one, 9pm, uh, Qatar and Senegal. We've touched on this, and uh, Qatar were very disappointing first up. Have they got scope for improvement? Can they defeat a team that probably looks a little better on paper? I think I think on paper, but do we maybe give Qatar a bit of credit and say they had a bit of stage fright the other night? You know, We've all like, had that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Twitchy bum time, isn't it? So... Everyone's been there, so I'm not sure. I mean, the way that Qatar played the other night, there has to be room for improvement. There has to be, but they've not been through the rigours of qualification. So the fact that they've just been playing friendlies the whole way through, they're not really battle-hardened as a unit. So I think Senegal have got far too much, but I'm hoping, you know, just for the home nation, I am hoping to see a bit more from them. Adds a bit of vibe, doesn't it? If it you've does. got a home nation, a competitive at least, getting a draw, getting a, a one win for the tournament would be terrific. Uh, Saturday, we move to ne- Netherlands and Ecuador. That's at uh, midnight, so that's Friday night our time. And again, the Netherlands probably deservedly favourites. Yeah, deservedly favourites, but I, I think that's going to be a cracking game. That's that's definitely one for the purists to watch that. It'll be um, Ecuador playing a really expansive end-to-end and really exciting, you know, with Valencia and people like that getting at people. And, and the Dutch are very structured and very methodical and... Uh, the way they move the ball. So I think that'll be um, an absolute cracker. Uh, Netherlands have lost just two of their last 14 World Cup matches. This one, England-USA, who are you selecting? You said the USA can trouble uh, the English, 3 a.m. WA time. Now, there'll be a lot of people getting up for this one. Or not going to bed. I think they'll probably still be be up (laughs) at the sports bar. But um, I'm going to draw on this one. I think USA will score. 
And I think because England have got so many attacking threats, I can see like a two-all draw out of that game because the Americans have got that much pace going forward that when England turn the ball over, they could really trouble that English back four. Okay, so that should be, well, albeit the time zone not great, but uh, you're thinking one of the better matches over the next couple of days. Definitely. Right, O'Corny, let's break this down. Um, in brief, and we've got Poland and Saudi Arabia to come, but Tunisia and Australia, 6pm Saturday night. Second time that Australia has faced an African side in the World Cup. Of course, we drew with Ghana in 2010. And if the Aussies lose, it'll be the third time they've lost the first two games. Also happened in 74 and 2014. Can we get... If we get a draw, does that still give us a pulse, only just? It gives us a pulse, but we might have to get the defib out because then we've got the Danes. So if they're going to do anything with this World Cup, they've got to go and beat Tunisia. It's as simple as that. Yep. So if they do, if they draw, I think they're out of the World Cup because I think Denmark's going to be a very difficult proposition. So I think for me that they've got to go out with a no fear factor and just go and play like their lives depend on it because Tunisia are a decent outfit. We saw the other day, just laughing about it before, mm. a big centre-back goes and smashes someone in the corner and he's like Tarzan smashing his chest and they were up for it. They'll be up for the fight, the Tunisians. So having played them before in, in under-23 football, they're an aggressive nation. They do they do get wide in. So if we can compete with them, I think with McLaren and a few fresh players coming in to, to bolster the boys, I think you know there'll be a few changes. I think we've got enough, but that's... That's the game. We've got to win it. Absolutely. It's a non-negotiable 6pm Perth time, so I reckon the pubs will be full for that. Got to give our mate Scoey just a quick slap and a sledge. I mentioned the slap for the <laughs> interview with Justin Langer. Superb. The sledge has to be, he said to me, pre-World Cup, know nothing about this really. I'm going to have to tiptoe. Got to get corny in, get some experts in to sort this out. I'm on Twitter the other night, and what do I see? Will Schofield tweeting, okay, talking about maybe the AFL draft or his upcoming interview with Justin Langer. No, talking about the defence of Tunisia and, and maybe the shape it's taken. Seriously, Scoey, you said you knew nothing about this caper and suddenly he's an expert, as a lot of us are during this next Mate, month. but it's fantastic. You can tell a defender's DNA, can't you? Because we're all missing a chromosome or something because <laughs> we're seeing this big Neanderthal fly into the corner and smash someone. I was buzzing as well. I was smacking the couch and getting right into it, so... <laughs> I can't believe he's turned into a, a BBC pundit overnight, but I, I like the fact that he's getting into the World Cup. Yeah, he's just talking now to Oprah, by the way. Uh, Scully, just about a possible <laughs> interview. Forget Megan and Harry. It's all about uh, JL at the moment. Uh, Poland and Saudi Arabia, 9pm. This has got a bit attached to it. Pretty even game. Perhaps Saudis uh, have come off that big high. I would think Poland, given what the Saudis and the emotional high and the... They got a couple of yellow cards out of that, didn't they, as yeah, well? Yeah, mate, they got quite a few. So I, I can see them having a hangover. I reckon Argentina was their cup final, and you quite often see it in sport. Once people hit them high, it's, it's so hard, hard to, to maintain. But um, I think the Polish will get over the line in that one because I think they'll have a hangover from the other night. Uh, Saturday midnight, the French and Denmark. So, again, midnight our time. I'm showing my, uh, I guess, allegiance here, hoping that the French beat Denmark 7-0. Yeah, or something something quite significant. Yeah, I can't see it happening, to be honest with you, mate. But I like your sentiment. But that, we, we need a result. That's France. what we need, yeah. yeah. We want France to win three or four. Yep. Um, and then that way, again, if we if we can beat Tunisia by a couple, you know, on um, Friday night, that it means that, you know, we've got every opportunity against the Danes. And it gives Graham Arnold the opportunity to tweak with his, his tactics based on what the scoreline needs to be and what outcome we need. Uh, bear in mind, Denmark have beaten France in two recent games in the Nations League. No side has ever beaten France three times in one year. By the way, France have won their last five World Cup games. They've never won six in a row. Uh, you talk about being on a high, but they're, they're such a professional outfit. You'd think that they would just 
maintain the... Uh, yeah, the design. way they started, I reckon they'll keep that consistency. I think they'll take that the whole way through with them now. Uh, Argentina, Mexico, quick selection, 3 a.m. WA time. Surely the Argentinians Argentinians have to bounce back. The two um, styles will be exactly the same, so I think the Argentinian with the quality will come out. Japan, Costa Rica, that's 6 p.m. WA time. Uh, that is on the Sunday. Sunday, yeah. I think yeah, Japan all yeah. day long. Costa you're a bit of a fan. And, yeah, yeah. I, I like Japan. Uh, Belgium and Morocco, that's at 9 o'clock. Again, Belgium uh, probably have uh, the bookmakers winding them in as the favourites. 100%. Yeah, the Belgium, I think they started a bit slow the other night, but you know they've got such a great team. So I, I fancy Belgium against Morocco, although I think it'll be a tougher game than people think. Croatia, Canada, midnight Sunday. Croatia, I'm tipping. Croatia will go, but I think that'll actually be a good game because like I said, the Canadians have, have done really well with the young boys they've got coming through. They're a good outfit. I like this one, Spain and Germany. And that's Monday morning. Uh, Spain, we've saw what they did. 7-0. Uh, Germans a little disappointed with their performance. Uh, most recent matchup, Spain won 6-0 in, uh, against Germany in the UEFA Nations League. So that's a... That was a thump. I watched that game and couldn't believe what I was seeing. So I fancy the Spaniards there. I think um, coming off a 7-0, they're in cruise control. Didn't have to expend as much energy as the Germans did because the Germans were obviously chasing the game and trying to get a result. So I fancy Spain in that game. I think they'll have a bit more bit more in the tank after the other night. Beautiful. Uh, Corny, got some work to do with the glory. Of course, a bit of a break with the World Cup. Yep, not, no, no break for coaches, When I say break, the break, play, the, the players. Play, the break, break for the, the, the competition as yeah. such, but it's all hands on deck for you at the moment. All hands on deck, mate, yeah. So we, um, it's like a second pre-season, so you come off a 13-week pre-season, we get that five-week block. So what it is good for, review, you know, go through all the processes again and, and make sure we come back with all these runner-home games at Macedonia Park as um, make it a fortress. Like Absolutely, the old, old, old days at Perth Oval. Yeah, how good were they uh, going back in time? Uh, make sure you have one of these shelters on the weekend at six o'clock. I'm sure you'll be watching the Aussies. Half five, I'll start when I start get uh, the barbie on. Preloading, yeah, preloading. <laughs> preload. I'll get the barbie on. Some mistakes ready for the game. You're having a, a look at the game at home. I'm guessing, hundred percent, perfect. Yeah. Uh, should be a beauty. Look, get behind the Socceroos. Let's be honest; it's going to be tough for us to get there, but we may as well jump on board Saturday night, six o'clock, uh, and make sure that. Uh, the heart of hearts at Graham Arnold can get the boys up and running. Great to have your company, Corny. Thanks again. We'll see thanks, you during mate. the course of the World Cup. Socials at Shelter Footycast. Footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Of course, the YouTube back chat. Shelter Footycast playlist. Uh, Scoey's still talking. He's just... No, it's now across to... Who is that over there? That's uh, South African Television have asked for his uh, services to talk about Justin Langer. There's a bit happening. Thanks to your company. Uh, of course, the Shelter Brewing team do a great job. Thanks to Dashing Dan. We'll see you next time here on the Shelter Sportcast. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.